The myths of selling to the government. If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to the government, you're doing it wrong. Rick Wimberly and Lauren Bristow have been selling and marketing to the government for years. Quite successfully, thank you. They're authors of Seven Myths of Selling to Government, available on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions, a consultancy helping companies sell to the government. Now, here's Rick. Hello again. Today, we start taking on presentations. Sales presentations are often considered the lifeblood of successful selling. The slickest pitch wins, right? Certainly a smooth, polished presentation is preferred to stammering and bumbling through a slide deck. In government selling, however, a solid presentation will not necessarily seal the deal. Once again, we cross the sacred line of sales doctrine into blasphemous irreverence. Oh, the heresy of suggesting sales presentations are not that important. How can this be? Well, we're not suggesting presentations are never important. In fact, they can be a tipping point for success or failure when the competition is close. Because presentations are often so poorly given, it means you have the chance to be a real standout. First, let's consider the usual way of giving sales presentations. The session begins with an historical timeline of company history, mostly with the thought of establishing credibility. Then for the next 45 minutes or so, prospects are barraged with product details, specifications, features, and functions. A demo may be given. Slides are crammed with words and diagrams as if white space was the enemy of prospect clarity, a blight to be eradicated at all cost. Along the way, the presenter stresses key points believed to be competitive advantages. Of course, reading verbatim from the bullet points to make sure nothing is missed. After exhausting every possible product element, the presenter finishes the formal presentation with pricing information, followed by questions from the floor. Sound familiar? We've seen it done this way many times and perhaps have done it this way ourselves. Yet, this is not the most effective way of delivering compelling information to prospects. Let's look at it a bit differently. You've been to a big rock concert, right? Well, you probably know more about great presentation flow than you think. First, the house lights go down and tension-building music creates drama and suspense. With a blast of light, smoke, and sparks, the show begins with a high-energy classic song everybody knows. The crowd goes wild as the anticipation ends and the experience of hearing original artists deliver one of their favorites begins. The next few songs are also recognizable in order to keep the crowd invigorated. At some point in the show, the band will introduce new music from their latest record which is often a good time to hit the snack bar. The act may also find a time to slow it down a bit with a ballad, 
giving concertgoers the chance to transform their individual cell phones into a sea of twinkling lights. I remember when it was cigarette lighters. Nice, but really not what everybody came to see. As the show draws to an end, the band performs one last emotionally charged number, finishing with a flurry of lights, shouting a sincere, We love you, Cleveland! But wait, is it really over? They didn't play the song. Did they forget? Did you miss something? Not likely. The lights remain low until the crowd begins to chant and clap in unison. And just as the crowd noise rises to a fever pitch, the spotlights explode again, and the band returns to the stage for one last song, the encore. The first few notes are played and you sigh with relief. Ah, Freebird, finally. Okay, we know that's not Freebird, but we couldn't afford Freebird. Now your quest is over and your musical thirst is quenched, still on a high of endorphins and whatever else was in the air. You barely notice the gridlock in the parking lot as you exit with all your dreams and expectations completely fulfilled. And guess what? That Freebird high probably prompts you to buy a $45 t-shirt that costs the band a few bucks. Um, nothing free about that. Okay, so your next sales presentation may not have all the appeal and exhilaration of a classic rock concert. But there are a few things we can learn. First, let's talk about how presentations should be structured. That is, the order of topics, or the set list. Changing the content sequence to mirror the flow of a concert will often automatically generate a greater positive psychological impact. To understand why, we must understand the concepts of primacy and recency. In a nutshell, memory researchers have discovered that people have a tendency to better recall information that is presented first and last in a sequence. For example, when given a moderately lengthy list of words, research subjects are more likely to remember the first few and the last few in a sequence than those presented in the middle. This is referred to as the serial positive effect. So how does this relate to sales presentations? It suggests we should place the really good stuff first and last and bury the necessary but not so good stuff in the middle. For example, what about this for a company with an impressive relevant customer references and a strong company history? First, salesperson's brief introduction and thanks. The house lights go down. Power list of customer references and satisfied customer quotes. The explosive opening song. Problem, cause, solution, benefit section. The hits just keep on a-coming. Pause for questions from the floor. Audience participation. Pricing. Songs from the new album. Contractual arrangements and service level agreements. The ballads. 
impressive company history points, the almost final number, and customer case studies tying it all together, the heart-stopping finale. Now, note the difference between this and the typical sales presentation. In the typical approach, a salesperson might start off well enough by introducing the company and a bit of history, but often this is more of a warm-up act than a powerful opening number. Generally, there's a rush to get to the demo section because that's the place where the presenter is most comfortable and where the slides have lots of words or pictures on them. Pricing is often saved until the very end. The theory behind this is a salesperson is building up value perceptions before the costs are discussed. I think this is a mistake. You don't want it to be the last thing the audience experiences or remembers. Price. In addition to structure problems, sales demos are often inadequate because they force prospects to do the mental work in making connections between demo features and their own needs or pains. Our goal as salespeople should be to make these connections crystal clear in the prospect's mind, requiring very little effort on their part. How do we do that, you might ask? Well, I have some ideas, but they're for the next episode. You should be tired out or hungover from the concert. See you next time. Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold.